We are coming to you live on Real Presence Radio from the Chancery in Winona, Minnesota. I'm Matt Wilcom, Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, along with Father Tim Buren, who's pastor of St. Charles Parish in St. Charles, Minnesota. Also, don't want to forget Holy Redeemer in Iota. That is correct. Uh, beautiful parishes, uh, great community. I have a oratory parish down in the Whitewater Valley as well. That's St. Aloysius. And so very blessed to be in the area. I was slightly late getting on the air. I had the Mass this morning actually for the intention of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester for evangelization um, promotion within the diocese. So a good reason to be uh, a little bit tardy there. So great to be here. But I'm looking forward to hearing all of you listeners open to the questions that you may have. Uh, We all have questions and we're all searching for answers. Why don't you give us a call, 877-795-0122. That number is 877-795-0122. If you're a little shy, please check us out on social media. You can ask your question there as well. So, Matt, how are things going these days? I'm going really well. We were out in Wells, Minnesota yesterday doing some TV mass filming, and that went very well. I No, no, no pun intended. Uh, but, uh, we St. Casimir Paris, very beautiful, and a good crowd there. We had a good 30 people for at least one of the masses, and beautiful music provided by uh, Connie out there, and uh, just a wonderful time. Father Greg Havel uh, was very welcoming, uh, but we also had a couple other priests helping out, and just a really great time. And so I, I feel like I've already lived Advent, and I want my Christmas presents now. That is that is I'm great. I'm ready. I, I love how you are so uh, ahead of the game, really. So and, uh, <laughs> liturgically ahead of the game. <laughs> you are very, very uh, good at uh, then giving the rest of us advice when we uh, are following up. So any good homily tips that I can have ahead of time? What do you think? Um Enunciate. Enunciate. <laughs> Speak loudly. <laughs> oh, isn't that blessing? We have a lot of folks who are homebound who really depend upon that Mass, as they do depend upon RPR. And so I, I, I like to tell people also, when I began my career in Catholic Radio, I used to work full-time for Catholic Radio, I was scared to death to come on the air live. And I was basically thrown into the pond, and so it was kind of a sink-or-swim situation. And I had to get over my timidness about being on the air. And it helped me to project more, to enunciate, uh, to, to get my thoughts hopefully collected a little bit better as, as I talk. So why don't we enunciate that number? What is that number for calling in? 877-795-0122 to talk to Father Tim Buren about any question you may have about the Catholic faith, anything that might be on your heart that you'd like to discuss with him regarding the faith specifically. And uh, he is waiting, waiting to talk with you. Again, 877-795-0122. Also, we want to let people know they can submit something on our Facebook page where you can do this anonymously even if, if you want. And you can say, you know, I don't want to go on the air, maybe. You say, I'll go on the RPR Facebook page. And we'll submit your question that way. Do you see how I jumped the gun on that a little bit? I'm so excited to be on Straight Talk this I morning. I know. We, uh, we just wanted to make sure you had enough time. I'm, I'm actually jet-lagged, so I'm kind of like my timing is a little bit off today. Where are you coming in from? I'm coming in from, I actually was just a few days ago in Fatima. Wow. I was there for the 102nd anniversary of the apparition. I just got to tell you, it was unbelievable. I've never been there before. I had a pilgrimage, 11-day pilgrimage. It began in Lourdes, 
mm. and then went to um, some uh, uh, special places in Spain, including Avila and Loyola. Amazing. And then ended up in Fatima. So that's right. actually where I got my cold. You're not supposed to get sick when you're on pilgrimage. Not supposed but, to um, get sick. <laughs> It's something that I brought back, but as I brought it back, it sounds like a lot of other people around here have it as well. Right. Well, I thank you for bringing that uh, wonderful gift across the pond. But uh, when I said, where are, you coming in, where are you coming in from, it reminded me of a card game that I usually play with my uncles, my cousins during deer hunting, which is coming up. Uh, it's called Dirty Clubs. And you always ask the person who gets the bid what are you coming in meaning what what's your trump suit and so i was thinking when you came when you came, we're coming in from fatima i was thinking hearts because of the queen of hearts mm. mary our absolutely mother. and so um i'm just making all these connections in my mind right now because you know it's it's that time of year where i can't wait to get out into the woods partly because it's a great opportunity to collect my thoughts to get recollected and to pray because a deer doesn't usually come along within five, ten minutes, usually. So you've got a lot of time out there on the stand to think about life, think about what am I really doing here, what's life all about. There's plenty of time for that, and that's, again, where God is at work. You know, sometimes we have a tendency in our world today to want to be noisy. We want to fill the void, and yet it is in those silent moments that we really hear the most and that is, of course, our Heavenly Father speaking into the depths of our hearts. So that's right. Hitting the nail right on the head there. So there's eight something. Seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number to call. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Yes, if you've got something on your heart that you'd like to speak with Father Beeren about, something that you'd like to ask him, even if you don't want to come on the air, you can go to the RPR Facebook page and submit that question. Or comment, and we'd be happy to have Father Beer and answer it with uh, a little bit of commentary and hopefully answer your questions. We know a lot of people have questions about the Catholic faith, and we want to be here for you to answer those. Uh, our priests, are, we call on, on RPR, they're like our rock stars. They, they know a lot, and they're eager to share charitably and with great enthusiasm the faith. And there's a lot of questions about, about the faith. We're we live in a complicated world, and so we need sometimes complicated answers to these difficult questions. And we have one listener question, uh, not on the phone, but this, this listener says, November is coming quickly, Father Biron, which is the month, which is the month dedicated to the, ho- to the holy souls in purgatory, which makes me wonder, is cremation okay when it comes to caring for the body of the dead? Ah, that's a very good question. In fact, this is a question... Uh, that I think a lot of people perhaps have on their minds because a misunderstanding of what the Catholic Church teaches in regards to cremation. Uh, cremation is allowed uh, for Catholic funerals. The ideal is that uh, the visitation would have the presence of the body and that the funeral mass itself would have the presence of the body and that cremation would take place sometimes after. However, there are pastoral preferences where sometimes that does not occur and that the cremation does take place prior to the massive Christian burial in which the urn then would be present 
and uh, that would be um, allowable. Uh, interestingly enough, the Diocese of Winona Rochester came out with uh, guidelines a couple years ago uh, in pertaining really to a lot of these uh, typical questions regarding funeral practices. Um, cremation, of course, is one of those uh, topics that is out there. Um, we have actually discovered that cremation is indeed more popular these days for various reasons, but it must be shared that the cremation, cremation, the remains then must be interred appropriately. So that's where a columbarium, which is an above ground um, location at a cemetery that has been blessed or in ground, so that is, again, something that is very important for us to remember. We do not simply uh, bring that urn home or place it in a, in a place of importance for our families. We do have to remember that even though that may be a loved one of yours, that uh, other people do want to come and visit as well. And that is one of the corporal works of mercy that we, you know, we visit the cemetery. We, we again, acknowledge the importance of remembering our beloved that have entered eternal life. Um, I think also, Father, it's a good thing to remember that even though someone might think that a certain place is a place of honor for that urn or those those cremains, it may that 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 urn or those cremains may not always actually. There's a good chance that those cremains may not always remain in that place. They may eventually be forgotten. In well, time, there are actually horror stories. I mean, there's stories that you have heard, you know, of uh, funeral homes that have literally um, rooms that are filled with these remains. There's um, stories, sadly, of going to antique stores and and finding a beautiful urn and and discovering that there's ashes in there. So uh, quite scandalous. Um, so. Again, uh, you know, let's be blunt here. You know, when somebody passes away, regardless if they've had a long life or a tragic death, regardless of the death, there's still pain there and there's sorrow there. And there is a, uh, a desire to hold on to that person and that urn, which is something that they can hold on to. But again, that's part of giving them back to our Heavenly Father. There's a, that moment of release that is so necessary that we know the soul, of course, um, is released, but we need to also uh, not hold back uh, because the, the process of grieving will take longer. Um, it is necessary to go through that process of proper uh, interring of the cremated remains of your loved ones. I know uh, I'm thinking also of the scripture passage right after Jesus's resurrection where Mary, she is overjoyed at the resurrected Christ, finding out it's really him. But he says to her, what? Do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. I think, I think that can be a, a good cue for us to, I mean, it's okay to grieve. It's a, it's a necessary, it's even a healthy process, but to do it in the right way. Absolutely. We do not despair because we believe in the resurrection. We believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, that he has ascended to the right hand of the Father. So when we uh, experience death with a loved one, a family member, a friend, somebody within our community, yes, of course, there is justified sadness. There's justified uh, emotion. But again, we don't cling, you know, as we'd, we would. We would, again, allow them to return. And so that's so important. So you're listening to Straight Talk. I'm Father Tim Bierne, along with Matt Wilkham, and we are hoping that you would consider calling us at 877-795-0122. That is our call-in number, 877-795-0122. Strongly consider calling that number. We also have another question from a listener. Thinking about Halloween, 
Father, how do you recommend celebrating it? Is it okay for our kids to dress up as devils or witches or other things like that? You know, there's a, a couple different um, schools of thought there. You know, without going into the, all of the historical contexts of of Halloween, let me just first of all share one of my favorite memories of Halloween that actually would take place when I was in, in school. And to celebrate the All Hallows Eve Mass was very special and uh, important to remember why we actually are celebrating. Uh, we're remembering our beloved dead. We're remembering those that have entered eternal life. We are preparing to remember um, those that have been canonized. And then, of course, all souls on November 2nd. So this is one of those concepts that what I would encourage parents to do, of course, is that, you know, again, this is just my opinion as a priest, um, you know, culturally, this is a, a common phenomenon that, of course, for generations, young people uh, certainly do want to go trick-or-treating. But as parents, remember, you are not the friends of your children. So you need to set parameters that are appropriate within your family guidelines and within your, you know, your own uh, moral upbringing for your children. I would highly, highly recommend that you do not let your children dress up as witches or devils or things contrary to the faith. Um, I don't personally think you have to go to the extreme of dressing up as saints, although that is very beautiful if th that they would like to. But again, uh, maybe that's where they want to dress up as, you know, Batman and Robin or something like that, which is a little bit more tame. So, but certainly devils and witches and things that are the occult um, are, are not appropriate. And I think as parents, you could, again, uh, encourage your uh, children to go a different route, such as my favorite costume I ever dressed up in as a child was a tube of toothpaste. And this was before <laughs> Pinterest, Matt. I, I got a box and I painted it and it had this rolled up end to make it look like toothpaste. And I had an ice cream bucket on my head and I went around. The worst part about it was it was hard to run from house to house. And the second worst part about it was that I had to explain every single house that I went to what I was. Yeah. It wasn't obvious. I'm so. a tube of toothpaste. I'm a tube of toothpaste. Even though yeah. I've got a bucket clanging around on my head as I'm trying to run from house to house to get candy. Yeah. So That's pretty clever. <laughs> I, I try to be, yes, try to be creative. I like it. Uh, again, this is the Straight Talk segment on Real Presence Live. He, the number to call to talk to Father Tim Buren about anything, anything regarding the Catholic faith or anything that might be on your heart along those lines is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 or the RPR Facebook page. You can submit your question even anonymously if, you, if you'd like and we'll read it on the air. Father Tim Buren is here to answer your questions. Anything that you might have that you want to talk about regarding the faith uh, or, or along those lines. And um, it's 40 minutes past the hour and I'm Matt Wilkham, Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester and we're here at the Pastoral Center in Winona broadcasting live this morning, this Friday morning, a beautiful morning. We've got Winona State students walking past the windows here uh, in the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart right across the street. Uh, sun shining on it, beautiful day. Hopefully, hopefully it's a beautiful day where you're at as well across the RPR network. Yeah, so for those of you that are listening, uh, this location is quite um, perfect, really, for evangelization of that next generation of young people in the church with the Pastoral Center literally being across the street from the university here, Winona State University, and the cathedral being across the street as well. On the other side of campus is where the Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas, is located. It happens to be across the street from the, the main cafeteria for 
the student body. So I think that's a, a wonderful way, again, for them to evangelize. But as we know, the best way to evangelize is to go out two by two, you know, and to go and, and visit with the uh, students and to invite them into a relationship with Jesus Christ and to see where they're at. But you are so right, Matt, as we look outside, it's amazing the amount of young people that are passing by to and fro from class. Absolutely. I've placed a couple of yard signs out front of the pastoral center here regarding promotion of our social media presence. And so hoping hoping to cast a wide net as far as getting folks to come on to our, face, our Facebook page. We have a giveaway on our Diocesan Facebook page every Friday. Uh, but we also have a Twitter account. And, uh, but we want you to visit the RPR Facebook page right now to submit your question regarding the Catholic faith for Father Tim Buren, who is here to answer your question or any concern that you might have. And we have another listener who has asked Father for Father Buren in the Minnesota legislature. There are several bills that support life, like physicians being required to provide an ultrasound before abortion or abortion being prohibited at or after 20 weeks. These are good, but we live in such a liberal state. Uh, this listener says, how do we retain hope and provide support for these bills if they will likely not pass? You know, I think this uh, listener who had given us this question, um, I agree, you know, this is, uh, you know, definitely a very progressive state. Uh, on a side, I had gone to a wedding about 10 years ago in North Dakota, just over the border from here in Minnesota. And Matt, I tell you, literally drive over the border and I feel like I'm in a completely different world with Catholicism and how you're able to live your Catholic faith and and to do so uh, in a way that justifies the morality that we have been given and how we have that responsibility to live out that faith, especially in regards to life issues. So here in Minnesota, it is a very difficult um, time. But I do want to encourage uh, our listener who gave us this question that there are inroads that are, that are happening. I am just amazed at um, the 40 Days for Life, Matt, for instance, that has been going on in several locations uh, here in um, Minnesota. Including Rochester. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing the amount of people that have been participating there. I was there um, for one of the one of the times of prayer and you know there's always people there and it's it's done in such a peaceful way and the location for the rochester one is an example the public sidewalk that you're on you still have that visibility so that you can pray for those that may have uh that desire that intention to go into the building but also to be able to uh, be a witness for those that that are just driving by and the support of the people so there are those pockets of people so really to continue to to uh to help our minnesota legislators know that as they bring these bills to support life that um, that these um, you know th these avenues may be um, looked upon, but we are very very blessed though because of how legislation is done within the state of Minnesota that we have the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and I really really encourage people to look up their resources. They're very helpful in promoting life issues, in particular, um, mncatholic.org is that website. Again, www.mncatholic. Org. So they will have information on the 2019 legislative session and resources to uh, assist uh, so these um, bills can indeed pass. That's right. You are listening to Real Presence Radio. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Tim Buren, coming to you from the Pastoral Center in Winona, Minnesota. And just kind of piggybacking along the lines of what you said about you know, crossing the border into North Dakota and the different feel that you get. I, I just came last year from Omaha and 
the church there is 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 very healthy. It's very vibrant. Uh, it's not without its problems, but there are a lot of initiatives going on, uh, and I'm beginning to see the same types of initiatives popping up here in Minnesota. Uh, but I I really did notice a difference actually when I came here from Nebraska. Uh, that uh, it's not just not just the climate. I don't think it's uh, people are hurting inside, and so you get this kind of maybe closed-in attitude where people are just not, and they're not at least outwardly as perhaps welcoming. And you have to kind of work a little bit harder to get to know them and to draw out from them a relationship. It is a little bit more difficult. It's, it's, a, little, it's a different challenge. Um, I mean, every, every area of the country has its own challenges. But I, I, I noticed very, a very marked difference in how I was going to have to approach the church and, 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 and people outside the church here in Minnesota. I mean, I grew up in western Wisconsin, so I'm very familiar with this climate and with this sort of attitude. Uh, I have to uh, also get a, uh, I think, one of those artificial lights that help me not to be so depressed in, this, in the winter months now that I'm back up north here. Um, so that does have, a, I think, something to do with it, but I don't think that's just it. Um, so we, have, we do have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of people hurting out there. We certainly do. The wounds go deep, and we need to find ways for those wounds to be healed. But, uh, you know, going back to what this listener had um, shared, I, I do think it's important to share some of the positive news that the tide is indeed turning, though. Uh, you know, uh, recently I saw on social media a presentation by one of the Minnesota uh, major networks, actually, and uh, they were reporting on a local 40 Days for Life that was taking place. I'm not going to share which community this was, but uh, what was beautiful about this is that the reporter referenced this as a pro-life gathering. Why is this important? Because previously, networks would refer to them as anti-choice gatherings. Language is so important. Language is very, very important. And the very fact that this secular outlet had shared from one of their reporters that this was a pro-life effort, I think was a huge victory for pro-life issues here in the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. We just have to keep proclaiming the truth and people will respond. I, I, there's, there's something about the truth that is attractive, no matter what your political persuasion might be. The truth is the truth, no matter what, and we just have to keep, keep, keep it up, keep proclaiming that. That's what the church exists for. I'm grateful that the church has indeed October is a is a good month for us to remember uh, the importance of life issues. But um, as I share quite often, you know, like when we have seasonal things that occur, it doesn't mean we have to wait until those moments to live that out. I think October is a time for us to, again, be mindful that we need to be pro-life every single day, not just during the month of October, but um, extra activities and events and uh, offerings, speaking engagements, etc., are done to really, I think, boost the morale of those that are tirelessly working for the pro-life initiative, whether it's here in Minnesota or throughout uh, the United States. So we uh, keep uh, working in this effort because going back to what you said, Matt, uh, the wounds run deep and those wounds need to be healed. And, you know, we can't lie uh, about the reality, you know, um, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening that have, have lost a child to, um, you know, uh, a stillbirth or, um, you know, a tragic loss such as that, you know, the pain runs deep and, 
and we are we are with you in your sorrow. Um, for those of you that are listening that have struggled and had um, an abortion, you know those wounds do run deep, and and it's no accident that you know when it came time for the typical time for birth, there's those pains that you have in your heart. It's because that's how your body is made up. You can't deny the fact that there was that opportunity for life. So, um, so we do we do um, find ourselves wanting to be with you in your pain, to help you uh, in your pain, and, and to, as the divine physician and healer wants to do, wants to love you out of that pain. That's, our, that's right. It's about 50 minutes past the hour. This is the Straight Talk segment on Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live, with Father Tim Buren, pastor of St. Charles Parish in St. Charles, Minnesota, also uh, Holy Redeemer in Iota, and then also St. Aloysius in the Whitewater Valley. He's here to... Take your questions about the Catholic faith when you call in at 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 to speak with Father Tim Buren. And uh, we were, have another question here. Uh, it's referring back to the Minnesota legislature question. Uh, there, Father, there's also a bill for an end-of-life option for terminally ill adults. Wouldn't this be considered compassionate care? They're going to die anyway, aren't they? You know, I was with a family of somebody that was in hospice care in Rochester, and this person had a a delightful um, personality, um, a delightful life. Um, I just really, really, really enjoyed this person. Um, I got to know them before they entered hospice care, an absolute delight. And I think what was very painful was seeing um, struggles that were occurring prior to them breathing their last and entering eternal life. But here's the thing. Um, their struggle, because of their faithfulness, was being united with the struggle of Jesus on the cross. And I know that is so hard to understand at times. But one of the things we need to remember, uh, especially for those of you that have held the hands of a loved one and, and question, where is God in this struggle? Why can't God take this person home? One of the reasons is, is because God is working through all of us that are connected to that person. Uh, in some ways, there needs to be not necessarily, um, you know, that healing, which will not necessarily take place, but there's that healing that can take place in loved ones, bringing people back to the church, bringing people back to faith. Uh, in many ways, uh, people who have lived these beautiful lives and have taught us the importance of a life in Christ, also by their very suffering and struggle at the end of life, uh, perhaps become the best teachers on how to how to die with dignity, you know, as the Lord will eventually call them home. So thinking of you know, St. John Paul II is a great example. Oh, absolutely wonderful example. Now, there was that movie that came out, you know, I don't know how many years ago with uh, Mr. Voigt was the... John Voigt. Yeah, so he was he was the Holy Father at the end of his life. There was another character. Do you recall that movie? I don't. Well, it, it, it was just phenomenal because it really showed... Um, the struggles that he was that he was having, you know, until he literally breathed his last. And of course, there there was that, you know, well, why why can there not be this compassionate care? Well, there was compassionate care, um, but again, there had to be that patient uh, willingness to allow our heavenly Father to do what God needs to do for that healing. Um, of the of the heart of the soul to take place, not just in the person that is entering eternal life, but for the um, for the family that surrounds them. So um, uh, that movie is um, Pope John Paul II. Um, 
came out in 2005 is what I'm figuring out here. So I do um, remember when that came out. I got to tell you, here's a little vulnerability moment. I cried almost the entire movie. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful movie. Wow. Very, very compassionate. So, so listener, there's also a bill for an end-of-life option for terminally ill adults. Well, I got to tell you, you know, that's, that's not where the church needs to be at this moment. We need to, to be mindful that that suffering indeed is being united with the Lord on the cross. And so really to the family members that have assisted our loved ones in this regard, I just want to remind you that, um, that you are, um, are being surrounded uh, with those that are ready to take this person home. So don't lose the faith and keep that faith. And if you think of any other, practically any other group of human beings, you can apply the same principle to them. The solution to any suffering or any situation is not to kill somebody. It's to help them to get through it with dignity. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of celebrating the sacrament of anointing of the sick. You know, we have a regular um, mass where we have a healing mass and the celebration of the sacrament within the context of mass is celebrated. And there are those moments when we will have uh, in the context of a Sunday Mass, there is somebody that is going to be having some significant surgery or there is a significant illness that they have. And we pray as a community. And one of the one of the ones that I'm remembering is that there was this person. I'm going <coughs> to... It's a coughing moment. Sorry about You're that. Real Presence Live. That was from Fatima for that's, you people. That's so. the live portion of yeah, Real Presence Live. And, you know... She was not healed of her cancer. She was not healed of what I think a lot of her family members wanted, but there was a deeper healing that took place within her heart. She was at peace when she met the Lord. And I think we need to remember that there is a bigger plan for all of us. And because this also connects back to that cremation question, you know, that, that the, the bigger plan that God has for us is to enjoy forever salvation and, and to be in the presence of our heavenly father forever. So, so hang in there people, you know, um, these are not easy, uh, times, but when we are faithful to what God asks of us, uh, it's amazing to see the graces that come from that. Absolutely. 55 minutes past the hour, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, Communications Director for the Winona Rochester Diocese, along with Father Tim Buren. And we are doing the Straight Talk segment right now. Anything that you'd like to ask Father Tim Buren right now, give us a call at 877-795-0122. We're coming to you live from the Pastoral Center here in Winona, Minnesota on a Friday morning, beautiful morning. And uh, Father, you said at the beginning that you came back from a, a pilgrimage, Father Buren. What was your favorite part about that trip? There was a lot of different favorite parts. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to share one personal story. I hope my sister doesn't mind if she's listening. I invited my younger sister to go with, and she had a tremendous healing that took place at Lourdes. Uh, she was in the bath, and she actually didn't share this with me until about 10 days after we had been there. And she had um, some difficulty. She had a, an infection um, that was not healing, and it had been open for quite some time and some difficulty there. And she shared uh, literally two days before we left to come back here that she was completely healed. Wow. And um, she had found herself really very emotional during the rest of the masses that we were there because of what was um, going on, not only physically, but internally in her heart. And so 
when I go on pilgrimages, um, of course, I, I'm grateful for what I receive, but I'm also grateful for witnessing what the people that I accompany are receiving and the beautiful gifts and graces. And I always remind them that a lot of these graces don't occur until we come home. And it's very important for them not to compare the experiences of people there on what they, what they are, are witnessing, that they, they may not have that same feeling, but that doesn't mean that God is not intending to do something in their heart. And sometimes it doesn't happen until they're at home. And it could be something as simple as standing at the sink washing dishes and all of a sudden you're overcome with this emotion and this, this understanding that you are deeply loved. And uh, again, those graces happen at different times. Absolutely. I, I think also of the, uh, that study that recently came out about how people, a lot of people, Catholics, are, they say they doubt the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. But what I think really is that they're saying is that they doubt God's love for them. Because if you know that you are loved, then you'll believe anything that God says. You, you will believe that he's truly present in the Eucharist for you because he loves you so much. And we, as, a, as a church, we need to be about the business of, of letting people know how deeply God loves them. Why are we here in the first place? We are here in the first place because God first loved us. And that love is, 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 is a huge part of the formation uh, from the very moment of our conception, you know, and, and God's love has been infused in us. But what happens along the way is we, we are lied to. There is a wound that occurs and that we latch on to that wound and it's hard to let that go. It is. It is very hard, but we can do it with Christ's grace. Absolutely. That's, we need, that's, we need, that's why we need the church. Amen to that, dispenses God's grace. Uh, and we just have to make ourselves available to it. Thanks to all who uh, called in or wrote in with your questions. Reminder of this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. 